This is Beyond Kink with Master Dion. I am your host, Master Dion. This unique podcast is a raw and unapologetic glance into the forbidden world of kink. We're here to defunct the misconceptions and to stimulate your curiosities around the kink lifestyle. We're going to hit you with harsh realities of the who and what of the kink world through powerful conversations and kinky fun. This podcast is for anyone from the curious newbie to the veteran keister to use this platform to express, grow, and play in this mysterious lifestyle. As always, keep it kinky. What up, kinksters? How y'all doing today? Welcome to episode 11 of Beyond Kink with Master Dion. Thank you for tuning in this week. We have uh, some subjects to, uh, to talk about today. Um, today is going to be, uh, again, about the Master Series Part 2. Finish up a little bit uh, before the, what we haven't finished. And and um, as far as the last, the first Master Series, Part 1. And then continue on to Part 2 to kind of kick it into I don't know, what you as a Dom or a Master should be disciplining yourself to. But... Why are you looking at me like that? Because you got one string long and one oh, string no. short. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a mess over here. I, I'm trying to get it together. I'm trying to get used to this hot weather. And uh, i got to wipe off my forehead because it's just I'm glistening like a like a uh, pig and hottie shit. I don't even know what that <laughs> But something like that. Um, before we get started, as always, we have the incomparable... I and M. I and M. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we I love having you on. Um, you know, we we always need to have a seasoned person that helps us out on the episode since I'm so young. Seasoned, uh huh. Seasoned. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I I'm only have 21. you by seven years. Seven years. You know what you did in those seven years? You was probably driving a car and everything before I was alive. But in any case, we're today. Um, I'm. What kind of mood am I in today? I don't know. I'm kind of a. Um, I got some great news yesterday. I think we got some great news yesterday, and um, I don't know. I did okay in poker, so that was, it kind of was a was a good thing. So I think maybe I had a little high, and so now I'm just kind of even killed today. Not quite sure what what's going on. I did talk to my buddy. My buddy had. Which I don't know is that my buddy had gotten into some kind of altercation and he at three in the morning sends me a a picture. He just sends me a picture with his eye bloody, there's his face is completely swollen. And uh I didn't it was no message. So I've been texting him and calling him for the last when did he send me that? Today's today. It's Thursday today. Uh, it's Thursday today. Uh, when this podcast comes out, it'll be Wednesday. But <laughs> it's Thursday while we're recording this. And uh, it's been, I don't know, five or six days. Yeah, he did not communicate with me. He did not tell me anything. And then all of a sudden, this morning, I get a call from him as I'm getting ready to leave the house. And he was like, hey, man, I'm going to come on by. I was like, all right. So he comes by and. He got stitches in his face. He's both of his eyes. Now, this is a uh, an African-American guy, but he's a little bit more light-skinned than I am. But both his eyes are completely red. Like, the outer orbital 
is red and his eyes is red. The other one you can't see because it's completely swollen and swollen shut. Oh. He got stitches. Like I think, yes, yeah, he has stitches in his head and other um, bruises and stuff like that. And I was like, well, what the hell happened? And I was like, just don't tell me it was a one-on-one because he's always boasted to me about how tough he is. I was like, don't tell me it was a one-on-one. No, some guys jumped on him. So I think that also like kind of, you know, he was out by himself and one thing, somebody said something wrong. Some another person said something wrong. Uh, the whole macho shit jumped in there. And next thing you know, he's getting jumped by several people. So maybe that kind of brought me down a little bit. Um, but besides that, uh, you know, the kids, it's their last day of school. Uh, going on to the next grade. Uh, everybody seems to be doing fine. Um, I am. I know that you uh, just had your your beautiful daughter come into town. And I, maybe that's the reason why you were talking about it last week on the episode. But, you know, like how you how how y'all doing <laughs> since she's in town visiting you? I, I'm really excited to have her here. She and I have a sweet rapport. I was actually talking about my older daughter. So the daughter that I was talking <laughs> about last week, just for clarification, she's 26 years old. She's married. She has purchased a house. She's got her adult life in a good place and now my youngest is turning 18 this week so i'm excited about that so all my kids are going to be adults now so um, well that's awesome that's good so you know yeah it i noticed that she was um um uh pretty tall and so it was like you know she was a good looking kid and she seemed to be very polite and nice thank you um as you (laughs) As you can see, I'm not really starting off how we normally start off with, but let's talk about the the announcements for June. When this episode comes out, will it be June? It will be. Oh June, yeah, it'll right? be June. All right. So, uh, first of all, I know that uh, Memorial Day weekend is coming up, so happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody, especially the veterans out there. We uh, totally appreciate y'all, and and I have some veterans in my family, and. Pretty sure most everybody has veterans in their family. If not, you know, somebody that's close to close to y'all has been part of the the military branch. So show our thanks and for and and gratitude for what they've sacrificed and what they contributed to this country and to us. Uh, also enjoy some barbecue. Shit. I'm about to barbecue this this weekend. And kind of enjoy uh I probably just I got to go to a birthday party on Sunday. So, and we're going to barbecue up in the mountains. So, I guess that's okay. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I guess it's okay. And, and uh, but I, I can't take off Monday. I got to get right back to work. Money is money. Uh, you got anything planned for Memorial Day weekend? We have a big family event um, on Sunday as well. We're going to do a big birthday party for my. My daughter. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so we'll be barbecuing. Oh, yeah, barbecue. that's right. She's turning eighteen. Yeah. Memorial Day weekend, boom. All right. Well, that sounds funner than mine. I don't know. I'd rather be at yours up. No, you're this is like a birthday party for like a one or two year old. Oh. It's not a. But it's in the mountains. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't really. I, I've never really been a huge fan. The only reason why I go to the mountains so much now is because we have casinos in the mountains. Otherwise, I would go. I would go to the mountains, but I go like once a year. Now I go like a hundred times a year, but it's just to take a look at everything as I'm going to the casino. 
But so maybe I'm kind of camping because I'm going to the casino for hours and it's in the mountain. Will that count? No. I don't think that counts as count camping. <laughs> but I like being outside and I like nature and I like communing with the trees and the rivers and the lakes and the mountains and all those kind of things. Well, I think I would consider this part, you know, what you just said, like kind of camping or enjoying nature. I was sitting out on the patio at the casino and smoking my cigar. So does that count as me enjoying nature? Maybe a little. Maybe a little bit? All right. Right on. I mean, there was only casinos in front of me. So I don't know. If you were facing the mountain, I'd say it counted. If you were facing the casino, probably not. Ah, shit. Well, in any case, we're all mountain men here and women. So <laughs> we're enjoying Colorado. Just everybody thinks outside of Colorado that we're doing nothing but cowboys and and hanging out in the mountains or something like that. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But anyway, so to, so the the announcement for this next month so in june we have our rooftop getaway it's a kinky rooftop getaway party and we are shooting for june 12th and on june 12th this will be the day after the the king fetish ball and the reason why we're building it is to kind of get away we want to, uh, you to kind of come and relax we're going to open up at 4 p.m Enjoy the sun, the sunset. It's going to be a beautiful, it was beautiful last time, right? It was. It was gorgeous. Gorgeous sunset. And we're going to also offer one more thing, and it's unlimited drinks. So we're going to come up there. We're going to have a St. Andrew's Cross hanging high in the air. So if you decide to get up there, there may be some people on Broadway that actually can see you <sighs> getting tied up there. So that might be exciting. We're going to have, uh, we're going to change the suite that we have. And add in some other elements. We'll let you see. We're also bringing our platform. We're going to have two pools. And um, there's a lot of other stuff that if you actually go on there and buy a ticket, you will see all the things that you can bring and how kinky we're going to get for the rooftop party. So, again, that is June 12th. We're going to just basically call that a kinky weekend. So, if, you, if you're going to the, the kink fetish ball, uh, then... Follow up with come, coming over to the to the rooftop party. Kind of diffuse and kind of get out there and get some sun, get some drinks in you, dance, party. And so we're not anything close to what that that um, that fetish ball would be like. But we still have kinksters and we're here for y'all. And hopefully y'all enjoy this kind of party. The last party was spectacular, so I know that uh, you'll have a great time here. On the 17th is the Kink and Curious. And we're going to be changing up the format a little bit. It's going to be more of a mixer. Uh, we're still going to have some, um, some informational things, but we want it to be where people can come back and relax and enjoy the environment. And um, we're, we're going to do a price reduction. And we'll make a mention of that next time, uh, of where we're at, but we're we just want to kind of build people up. We, we're using this as an opportunity. We're using Kicking Curious as an opportunity to, uh, for vanilla people and newbies to come in to learn about the kink world. Uh, we had a situation yesterday where M, I and M and me and, and my slave-to-be 
had to go and talk to a lady about a venue. And the lady just, at a, from her, or in her and her friend were like, had a little bit of misconceptions about the alternative lifestyle and what the hell we're going to be doing in our venue and and so I and know so they, she thought we were going to be putting feet on the walls and things. Yeah. I still don't get what that <laughs> means. It's like somebody said that she we're going to be putting her feet on the walls. <laughs> I didn't even get what the reference to that. Is. I didn't know if your legs are up in the air and they're going to be resting while you're getting fucked or something like that. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. But what we needed to do was to communicate with her in a way that she understood and made her feel comfortable that uh, we're not just a rowdy group of people, that uh, the Kingsters um, are just quote unquote normal people who have, ex- have an extra, I don't know, extra balance, I don't know, extra life. Just a need that's outside of extra what's- Extra need. Th- that's outside of what's considered normal in vanilla society. All right, so we, uh, we got done talking with her. She was happy with us and and is okay with us bringing our events there. It's a new venue. I'm not going to tell you about it right now, but I&M, on a scale of one to 10, how beautiful was that place? Oh, that place was fabulous. I'd probably say like a nine or a 10. Nine or a 10? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the place was, for the size of it, it was beautiful. It had... It has a nice VIP area. Um, it's it's really for me. It's spectacular. I I think we're going to be able to pull off a lot of things in this venue, and uh, we're going to be doing it for multiple dates. We we already have events on Thursday. We already have events on Saturdays, and now we're going to be pushing to try to get an event on Fridays. Now again, we're not going to do it where we're a weekly type of thing, but we're once a month. We're trying to make sure that you have some options. We want to make sure that that if you can't come out on Thursday, that you can come out on Friday. If you can't come out on Friday, then wait to our Saturday event. And we're not going to have them during the same week, but we're just trying to get you familiar with us and enjoy a different setting and a different environment. And it's you'll see. And we don't have to be in the bottom basement just to enjoy ourselves. I mean, some of these venues, we're me and my team are going all out to provide you a a quote-unquote normal or upscale scene where you can still be a kingster and uh enjoy yourself in the party without any judgments so we'll see how it goes and just stay tuned we're also working on our websites we're working on our cassidy account we're working on everything to try to get caught up if somebody out there wants to volunteer their time that's a that's a website designer or something like that, we're always open to taking in some help as long as you have some quality experience, then um, we we always need help. We're when we're a very small team, you know. And so I I don't want people to think that we're just this large conglomerate somehow. I mean, it's just a couple of us and and we need as much help as possible to uh, continue to grow this platforms and the and the uh, events, parties, and whatever else that may come in the future. So that being said, we, uh, last week, we're gonna roll into the antidotes. And last week, I kind of basically was 
uh, I don't want I don't want to say I was I was um, down, but I was just basically not in in I didn't do anything that was exciting. I I was supposed to go on a date night. The date night didn't kind of go through, and I ended up going to the casino. Whoopee! So my story. Well, I did have a little bit. I, I was wearing my Beyond Kink, and this looked like one of those one of those stereotypical looking. 80s rockers that had a little hot girl with them and he but he was definitely older with long hair and he's like kinky and so he started exchanging some words with me and he kind of knew what i was talking about why was why we was gambling so that was basically about it nobody else looked at my shirt and said anything so i would thought it was kind of cool but this is uh not really about what i did because i didn't do much of shit but I know, I know that, and we'll we'll interact about this. But I know that you had some situations come up, and and we've talked about it offline. And I kind of wanted you to kind of leave out names, but kind of just talk about what happened this last weekend. So I went to a party in the community. Obviously, not one of our parties. I was a guest, and um, there was a gentleman that showed up at the party who had actually violated me before. We talked about this in, I think, episode three it was. And um, basically we were talking about in that episode everything that uh, Master Deanna and I did in the beginning of our relationship and how everything went wrong, basically, and all the things that we did. Well, at that first party, um, I was kind of on my own, even though I had his, he had my back and I didn't uh, communicate well. So I did have a little violation that happened that first party. And the guy shows up at the party Saturday night. And so like the hackles on the back of my neck went up Mm. and I just felt uncomfortable. And I thought that, um, I thought that we had asked him not to come back to parties and he was there. And so there was basically a communication breakdown all across the board. Well, before you go into the communication breakdown, okay. tell us that what well, you thought that the communication had been that that this person was banned from the the host party or from anything that's dealing with me. I mean, how did you have that? What was your understanding? My understanding was that he was banned from the host parties and our parties. That was kind of a basic understanding that I had. And and the truth is, we don't have any systems in place to deal with this kind of thing in a in a way that everybody knows what's going on. Well, and I think what uh, you kind of skipped there. All right, come back. (laughs) Um, so. As, as as what was explained to me as M was shocked to see that this person walked into the party and um, was under the understanding the whole time that he had been permanently banned from my events and from this host event. And did you approach the host or, or did the host come to you? I, uh, appro- I approached the host and said, hey, what's up? This dude's here. Yeah. So he said, we talked for a moment and neither one of us was super clear on what to do. I said, do you want me to talk to him? So I went, he said, yeah. So I went up to him and I said, what's going on? How'd you get here? What's happening? Why are you here? Like, I thought you weren't invited back to events. Uh And he said, well, I'm in one of the groups and just came. 
I got you. And so the and it, the group that he was in that he got this message was it was in one of my kick groups, and uh, with I and M and when she talked to me, I said, "Well, why would you think he's not allowed to come?" And she was like, "Well, I thought we had talked about him not being allowed to come to your parties." And I said, "Well." I never had that situation, and I didn't have that situation because of uh, when he showed up at one of my parties. I talked to him and I told him that he could never he could, he had to communicate with me before he came to my parties, and um, I said just don't talk to her or something like that. I, I never officially banned him, but I think this is what we're kind of going into, and and with the host he he let the violator kind of go talk to the violator, which is not, you know, like the host should handle that in my opinion. And um, so there was just not clear communication because the host was like, well, the host told me, well, I didn't ever want that person to come back. And I was like, well, did you ever communicate that with him? And I don't think it was ever communicated officially that he was no longer allowed to come back to the parties. And just to be clear, the the other host it's a house party so it's his private space yeah and so i mean it it should even be more comfortable for him to to tell a person not to come back to their place but again this this is what's happening is the the violator who had violated um uh, a few months ago may have assumed or well, for, he didn't feel like he he made an apology, and he felt like that uh, that he was cleared, uh, you know. And we, me, the host, nobody ever cleared it up if he was or wasn't. And you know, I said the other day, I was like, I I never banned him. I didn't know it was that situation with me that you, if you had communicated that with me, obviously I have a closer relationship. Now I did barely knew you uh, that first party. Absolutely. But obviously, if I knew that, that somebody was coming around and and uh, you were uncomfortable, I wouldn't let them come around because obviously you're more important than they are to me. But the uh, when something happens when I when we when we first met and you're there and we know that all rules are broken <laughs> as we we're trying to commu- trying to do this thing, yeah. I felt like it was a situation that was fixable. And if it wasn't, then that should have been, I should have been, it should have been communicated to me more. And then, or I should have said, hey, what happens if this guy comes back uh, to a a situation, a party? Because even the night that I didn't kick him out, I think you kind of gave me a look, but you didn't really say, oh, well, I'm going to leave or I don't want to be around him if he's here. So I didn't take it as as that uh, that was a situation. I... I didn't take it as a situation where the guy was, um, I mean, you know, he seems to kind of a little flighty to me. So I didn't take it as a situation where he was ever going to bother you again. But that doesn't, that doesn't take any kind of, um, it doesn't take away from how you feel about it. And so I didn't know. It. I think, I think for me what this opened up is, how do we create systems for the community that work for not only me, but how do we create a safe environment for everybody? And do we have something like a part of our 
code of conduct that includes some sort of reconciliation? Mm -hmm. Or is somebody who violates somebody in a way, like, what are the steps in place for that? You know, what kind of, what kind of, what do we need from people? Like, how do we, how do people make things right? And do they get a second chance? And it really left me with a lot of questions, but also, what do we need to put in place so that we're keeping each other safe? Yeah, I mean, when you step, when you talk about this reconciliation, is that, you know, like when, you know, I know there's people that listen to the podcast who, who have been violated before. Like, is that a, a one time and I never want to see that person ever again? Is there a period of time that you can feel like that it's okay for that person to come back into your, I don't know, into your um, surroundings? You know, like who, how do we get to the point of somebody having a violation that wasn't criminal, let's say, or wasn't, uh, uh, I mean, I, wa I wanna kind of stick with criminal, but totally uh, violation. And then there's, and, and somebody's violated somebody and is there a path of reconciliation? We, we were talking about this as a part of the code of conduct that Maybe there's a path of reconciliation where it's the person has acknowledged um, they've spent some time away. They've apologized to the person that they violated. I don't know. I, I'm not saying those are it, but there's got to be a way that instead of somebody having to switch their screen names or move out of state or doing something differently, that they can we we now know we now know what happened and you've acknowledged you've apologized you've worked on the steps to to get to gain some kind of trust back in the community well what are the steps i mean that that's all, like a really big question something somebody said to me um that was there that night he said to me well did he communicate with the host did he communicate with you and say hey what do i need to do to come back into the community or what do i need to do to make this right besides just an apology to me an apology doesn't mean a whole lot but taking responsibility and saying hey i've done something wrong that sounds to me um that has a lot more weight with me than an actual oh i'm sorry yeah so, yeah and you know like and where does it go? Where, where does, who is in charge of all this? Like, like is this a, a conversation just between the, the, the violator and the violated? Or you know, is that unfair to the violated person? You know, is, it, is it up to me? You know, like, am, am I now the head of who is banned and who's not banned? No, obviously I'm not. You know, is it up to the host of that party? Well, what if it's just a one-off party? You know, like, how did... I see, like, when I had the club, it was clearly, you know, I, I own the club. I was the master of the club. It was clearly easy to determine if somebody was going to be there or not be there. And if it was some other place and they ran into them, whoever was of that other place had to make their rule and stuff like that. But as a community and as we're going around and we're going to one-off parties and just being like, when you go to the kink of the kink uh, fetish ball, like there's going to be, I would assume, hundreds of people in there. So what if you run across that person and you walk right by that person? And like, who is in control of the band? Who is in control of this and that? 
you know, it starts to me to get more clickish and I get a little bit set back. I, I know I saw that look on your face, but I, somebody's determining who the judge and jury is. And I just don't agree with, with um, creating these kind of this hierarchy where, where now I could tell you, you're not coming to this party. Now you, you, like I said, if the host and you said it is that it's, it's at that person's house, you can make a choice that I just don't want that person back in my house. I get that. Certainly. But, but I, I mean, ultimately, it's up to the violated person to take care of themselves in whatever that means after the fact. Like, but, the, but then there's also that piece of if I'm walking at the fetish ball, how do I know who I'm going to run into? And the likelihood of me running into somebody in the community is ever present. Yeah. You so, know, but let's take it. Let's take it back where you were violated at that hostess part. Yes. But then there was an assumption at my party, which I'm not, I, I had no association with the other party. It was, a, we had an assumption that he shouldn't have been at my party. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. That's where I'm like, where's well, the line? Yeah. How yeah. do I, how do I, how does anybody judge? Like now do I need to, since uh, the host, he's, is he supposed to communicate with me? And now I have to communicate with another venue or the the people throwing the kink fetish ball. I mean, how do we, you know, and how how do we make that judgment or that that um, or that determination? And what if that person doesn't feel that way? Like, well, wait a minute, she was having sex and he jumped in and he didn't ask permission, but she was in the middle of having sex, or you know, I don't know. And so it's kind of hard to sit there and say, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to, you know, because it was kind of that night, it was kind of like, oh, he's here at my party. And I was like, okay, so what, I didn't know I was supposed to do something about something that, that I wasn't a part of. Now, did I, I didn't witness it personally. I, I, you came and told me yeah. um, afterwards, but obviously I was at the same party with you there. And um, uh, so it's just, it's just these blurry lines and, and it's like, oh, well, you're, I feel like, you know, like it's, well, you're with us. We're a part of this quote unquote click. And so everything should fall into line with us. And um, so, so I, you know, I, it's, it's, it really is um, something that we need to, who is we? Who is these heads of people who need to come and put a system in place somehow so that we don't have a, uh, an issue about what to do with violators because it would be great to have a standardized type of okay you're in the, and you're in the Colorado community or you're in the Denver community and we had these established things and maybe and I kind of hate saying this because this you know I, I got this fundamental hate for neighborhood associations sometimes and and <laughs> HOAs but maybe that's what has to happen maybe we have to have like a board. Of all the people who host events in the Denver area come together and create some kind of code of conduct and reconciliation that we all agree upon? Well, I mean, more than just host events. I mean, you had to have some people that are, uh, you know, you might have to make sure it's a diverse group, first of all. You know, like uh, um, many different, you know, like somebody that's really involved in the poly community, somebody's in the leather community, 
somebody that's like me and somebody that's like in a different part, like make it a very diverse panel Agreed. of people. And uh, um, I don't know. I just get together. Who the hell? I mean, you imagine how many complaints would probably come in for that. I mean, how do you how does that formulate into actual results or is it not the responsibility of the board? Maybe the responsibility is to create a general code of conduct that people can adapt all over for their parties and stuff like that. And um, maybe there is tools and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, this is I'm literally going off of the fucking chest with this one. But it's just something that I don't want to. Uh, I don't want people have kind of pushed me into the role of being judge and jury and I'm refusing it because I don't want to sit there and if I didn't witness it, if I didn't see it, but you're coming to me about it and want me to help resolve it, but I'm only getting your side of the story. How do I know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doubting your story, but how do I know it's the actual story? You know, what's the saying? There's their story. There's their story and there's the truth, you know? So it's like, what it, how, how, when you, when, when a person comes to me, which seems to be pretty often and they're saying, you know, this isn't, how do I handle this? It's really a difficult, there's a, an instinct where I can sit there and say, well, we should do this and do this and do this and ban that person. But then I sit there and think about the other side of it. And I say, well, how do I know that person actually did that? Or how do I, I don't know nothing about this other person. I mean, does you come to me about this sometimes and I'm just like, well, we have to slow down because we cannot sit there and jump on one side just because they reached out to us. Agreed. And I don't want to, I don't want the clicks and I don't want to be the judge and the jury either. And I feel like we need to create some, something that we agree upon amongst ourselves. And I think we need to bring the larger community in, in some way, because it feels like, now that this community, the kink community as a whole, has a better, a bigger um, footprint in society, and it's more out than mm. this closet thing that happened for certainly my childhood and younger days. Um, what do we do? How do we create some safety? And um, I'd be interested. Somebody reached out to us for some protection of some kind and she mentioned a leaders group in Houston so I'm interested to find out what that is and maybe maybe we can get some insight from other communities that are doing things well um, just for a tad bit of a correction um, I think that person identified as they they so thank let's, you um, excuse me um, let's be mindful of that um, the uh, you know like there's there's um, uh, we're throwing this stuff out. So if some people are very interested in trying to put something together. I think this is something that we know we were talking about last week where we have to get back and that we were more happy to help out and stuff like that. You know, like if we have to be the organizers, we we can be, but we have some very busy schedules. I mean, it would be nice that there is a, a very diverse panel. And again, I'm if somebody comes to me where there's a, uh, all white people and be like, kiss my ass. All black people kiss my ass. All old folks kiss my ass. You know, like you got there's some young kinksters, there's old kinksters, there's there's swingers. You know, there's many different different type of people. 
And and then this needs to be um, a board of like-minded individuals who may not agree with, so, you know, like a, if there's a person in there that's hetero versus um, homosexual, then we just have to be accepting because we're all part of this community. And if, if uh, I think that would be very important. There's, uh, there's uh, commissions in the city of Denver who would support something like that. There, I'm sure we can get, get some support from the mayor and stuff about us trying to make sure that there's not violators roaming around in our community that are true violators, you know, not, not, um, not, uh, or maybe I shouldn't say violators, but the predators, like the predators, the ones that are seeking, you know, like there's, I'm sure that we can get some, a lot of support and standardizing things sometimes suck to say that, sucks to say that. But if we had some standardized type of code of conducts and ways that things work and um, maybe how to identify in situations, you know, uh, I had a, I have a, a couple of situations where people are communicating to me and they're like, I didn't follow your steps. I'm on a date right now and I need to get out. And I've had to, um, help them get through these situations because of they just didn't know what was going to happen. You know, fortunately nothing happened to, to, to those people, but we got, maybe there's a way to recognize that, Hey, there's a kinkster over there and they're on something or they're stuck in a position or something. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing shit out, but it's something to think about. If you, do you really want to be a community or do you just really want to dip in and have a little fun and dip out? You know, so, as much as I'm getting this put onto me and, and onto INM, I'm pushing, we're pushing it back onto y'all, you know, communicate with us, build something, you know, like we're not doing, we're definitely not doing kicking curious to make any money. No, we're doing kicking curious to, to build community. Now, if you just want to go out and party, then you just want to go out and party. Then maybe that's not the situation. This is not the situation for you. We do have parties come to our parties. But we're trying to build more than just a party. We're trying to build a community, and that's why we were keeping the price super low, and we're probably going to go a lot lower, just so that people can build a basis around and start to know each other. Is that a problem? If you don't want to be known, then don't come to the parties. But I get it, or don't come to this event. But at least being able to recognize a person from across the room and say, "Hey, I got somebody in here that I can identify with." You know, my um, my slave to be just found out her boss it is a new boss. She just came in. Um, she's a new boss, just came in, just got hired, super intelligent. Um, my slave to be really enjoys her. Comes out, they're talking and slave to be was like, is that a collar on her neck? Yeah, I mean, this uh, is like a, yeah. like a, executive lady in the whole nine and they end up somehow going to a conversation to find out that they're both like she's a kingster too and i was like Pfft. right on and so it just you know like my slave to be was having some issues with her job and now this is going to make her job so much better just to know that she had the kingster that's with her that has a collar on her neck and it was a subtle way of seeing it it wasn't like a it's not like a big old leather collar on her neck and nothing like that it's a su subtle collar 
that uh, she was able to uh, notify, or identify. So it's it can help make us feel better, more comfortable. Anyway, I'm not nominating myself to be the judge and jury, so don't ask me to be the judge and jury. What I can do is I can contribute. I me can too. give out information. Yeah, we can help in any kind of way. Um, and it, as you know, I'm a protector. So I want to protect the community. I want to protect individuals that are that are susceptible, susceptible of being violated, which can be all of us, really. It can be. I mean, you said your friend shows up with, you know, all bloodied up. And mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily from a kink sort of situation, but we're all susceptible to things. Yeah, and he's one of the tougher guys I know. So if Mike Tyson can get beat up, then anybody can get beat up. So let's on to the, let's, I, I told you I was in a kind of a weird mood today. We just kind of been uh, just having a, uh, a, a general conversation about things, but it was, I think it was actually a very important conversation that we had about, about all those things that we talked about, but let's continue on about the master series. And um, I know a couple of weeks ago, I was very passionate about it and, and I wanted to, I talked about the evolution from Kingster to, uh, to, to a dom, to a master. I'm going to kind of dive into that more. Um, what do I mean? As we start this, as we start part two of this series, what do I mean by the evolution from Kingster to dom to master? Well, based off my own experience, when I entered the lifestyle, it didn't matter that I knew that I was dominant or I was a leader. It just, I wanted to be in something that was different than what I had been experiencing. I wanted to try new things. I wanted to try kinkier things. I wanted to try strange things and weird things. I wanted to be um, more than just anal and more than just vaginal sex and some head and, you know, I never I tried a threesome and some reason at the time I thought that was kinky and you know I had tried I wanted to explore so when you're exploring and you're learning I'm saying that you're evolving and this is where I go from kinkster to dom well as a dom somebody actually more like I've told you my first story was more of like kind of being pushed into it you know I knew I was dominant but you know you don't know what that means in the lifestyle and if you're if you're saying to yourself that, well, I'm a leader at work and and I'm the boss and blah 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 and so on and so forth, well, we've seen on television or in person many times that people that are, there are a lot of people in charge that end up taking a very submissive role, even a slave role, because they don't they it's almost like they're putting that character on to be in the real world to be I'm a dominant person in the real world, but I'm really a submissive. So you know like it's. It's not always where what you're dealing with in the real world, quote unquote, that that's the personality translates to this lifestyle. And, and so in my situation, it, it is what it is. I'm inside or outside the lifestyle. I've just always been this very dominant type of person. But I had to, I got pushed into being a dom. And I think when we when we when I say dom, I mean a dominant, uh, 
when I started to explore being a dom, and, and I and Emma, I do want you to kind of address this because I know that you uh, have explored being a dom too. D O M M E. Is that is that for a woman? I don't even it know why is. they say it. Is that they for pronounce women? it dame? Okay. All right. Well, as I started to explore and, and look into what it is for me to be a dom. All right. So I had a very bad misconception at the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm a dom. I have somebody that's basically going to listen to me and do what I do and tell, do what I tell them to do, what to do. And I, I just remember this. It was like one of the first girls. I was in my 20s. And all I, I would just have her, I'd be like, get over here. Get on your knees. Suck my dick. Turn over. I'm going to fuck you in the ass. And I, I, and then sit there. And that would basically be about it. I mean, it was, there was no mind fucking. There was no um, rules. There's no um, uh, training. There was no build up or what, what is your kinks versus my kinks? What is, what do you like? Or anything. It was none of that. It was just me shouting out commands. And I, you know, like I hear that sometimes and I'm like, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, well, she's submissive to me because she would do anything I want her to do. But I was still exploring because I'd be like, all right, lick my ass. And she turned around and I turn around, she licked my ass. All right, well, there's a fucking new experience. But it was nothing about, uh, I think we were both young. I mean, she was a little younger than me, so... I, I know that uh, she was just following what I said to do, but it wasn't like a, a dynamic. It was just us really fucking and I just, and she just let me yell out commands. So as I, I move on from that and we moved on and I don't know, may had a couple of other situations where I was like, well, this ain't, you know, this ain't really working out. And like I said, things weren't really working out. And and so I was trying to to figure out what's going on. Like, you know, like, you know, I'm not just wanting to just yell commands to somebody. I want to control somebody. And maybe somebody doesn't know that difference. But just yelling commands at somebody is not controlling them. Uh, you know, like, I know... I never felt like my coach was actually controlling me. He'd be like, you stupid motherfucker, run into that hole. You know, it's like, I wouldn't feel like that was him controlling me. It was just like, you know, like telling me what to do and do that or the results going to be, could be bad. I understand control to be, um, and I know it's different for, it could be different for somebody else, but control to me is, is, um, I'm controlling this person and how their life maneuvers and how, which way they go. And um, it could be on different levels. And it could be as simple as, as when that person's coming to you more as, a, as you're their daddy or their mommy and they just want guidance through their life. So you're kind of controlling them and saying, hey, choose this path, not this path. And you're pushing them down that way. Um, I and M, I see you shaking your head at that in, in a good way. I mean, is that kind of how you understand kind of like that one of those levels of control? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with that in the sense that my come from is coming from a life coach standpoint. And so, and, and a parent as well. Like, I want everyone to be the best person they can be. So if somebody wants to submit to me in ways that I'm going to guide their life into a better path, I'm all for that. And if it includes some favors in some kind of way, then that's, that adds to the, the juicy fun part for me. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the things I, I want to say is about control and these levels of control is that, you know, the one of the more exciting parts of it is that there is a, actually a person that wants to give up control to you. It's like one of the things that makes me get aroused is that that person wants to give up control to me, not just. And, and it, it took a while to figure out who is just trying. They just want to say it so they can be with me as compared to they actually want to give up control. And as we escalate through these levels and, you know, you say, okay, I'm more of a guidance and I control the path that you go down to um, sexually, what, what will you do sexually? And if I'm offering you to um, know, we're going to um, explore more things and I'm going to teach you and you're going to now do these things and you're going to you're going to eat these foods when we're out together. You're going to address me a certain way, something like that. That's growth, you know, with more control. Maybe you are experiencing being a dom. Maybe you are understanding that um, that, that person is given the choice to relinquish their control and that you are now exploring your fetishes or your likes and uh, onto that person and you're moving them in a direction and you're molding them into something that, uh, that you desire. And I just want to mention there's a difference between a top and a bottom versus a dom or a master also. And we haven't really talked about a top or a bottom kind of scenario, but often at parties, people simply want to be topped or be the bottom. And there can be some pain or some sexual sorts of things that, they want to give up control or want to have control in. But that's more of a top-bottom situation rather than a dom-sub or master-slave situation. And the, and the dom-sub-master-slave actually go into deeper types of relationships. I think that's a very good point. I think that uh, it's almost like a, without, for a lack of a better word, a temporary um, dominance and submissive type of situation. Right, it's more scene, like for a yes. specific scene yeah. instead of for a, a longer period of time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, that's I, 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 that's definitely something to note. That like, you know, like no matter what kind of role that you're in, that these, based off of the scene, you can be topped or bottom, and it doesn't change who you are and how you identify or anything like that. It just could be in those kind of roles that you're. You're dealing with and that's a very key and important point um but we're talking about how we evolved yes through being and uh, through through my and what i see as the as the way that you evolve through from being a kingster to a dom to a master and the levels of dom is i think it's kind of the widest gap it's the widest gap between what would be considered a dom and and I'm and 
I'm looking at it as like, okay, well, how much control do you have over that person? What, what are you, uh, um, what are you dictating to that person? What, how are they following? What, how do they address you? You know, like, how much are you involved in their life? And it could be as little to a lot. It could be marriage. They could be already married, and they can be the dom. But it's not a as much as of a one sided situation, I guess I want to say, like the sub has a little bit more say than um, a slave would have, at least in my experience. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that might depend on each individual on how they define the difference between a dom and a master. Um, I, I mentioned the top and bottom piece because going from kingster to dom is that exploration of being the top or the bottom or being the top going from a kingster to a dom and experiencing being a top in multiple situations to begin to identify yourself as more clearly in that role or wanting more of that and and how can that become well you know i i hear what you're saying i don't i definitely don't agree with that i i think that uh that uh, I, like i said before i think it's more inherent but i've also seen what you're talking about i've seen a guy that identified as a dom and two the sub that he had and then they decided to switch roles and so i i know that's not the same as topping and bottom but you know like he told me he felt like that he could be a better dom if he was a submissive and uh, my, my my mind is too small to grasp that i, that I can't see that but you know like the maybe it is important to to be a bottom to understand and i mean i don't know i i, I don't really uh i have i have a limited capacity on that because i've just always been the way that i am now you could be i i, I just because i disagree with doesn't mean that ain't the the right way to do things i just don't see it that way but the uh um uh, I'm kind of shortening it up a little bit just because we kind of dragged on earlier, but that progression from, and, and, and if you have any questions for me about what would I consider a dom and what, I said there's a, a large a large kind of gap between, like definitely between kingster and master, but I think that there's so many ways that, that there's so many levels in the dom where you can consider yourself a dom and, and, um, not consider yourself a master. So well, then what is master as compared to this many levels of Dom? Well, once everything is established, and let me just say it that way, because I don't think that anybody can necessarily have a, a master-slave relationship established right off the bat. No way. So once everything is established, the master is controlling pretty much every aspect that they choose to and that is required to control their slave. So what does that mean? Well, once again, once it gets to that point and the, that slave trusts you to control their lives and know that you have made the decisions, because again, I, I, I always say this, a slave chooses their master. 
they relinquish everything to the point that you feel like as a master that you want to control their life. If that's finances, if that's if that's um, family care, if that's, um, I don't know, daily life schedules, food, workouts, clothing, hair, shoes, socks, nails, you know, schedule. Or I don't know. I, you know, to me, which I'm, I'm that's why it's my slave to be. We're working on a lot of those different things. You know, there's some things I know she trusts my opinion on, and I know there's some things that she has told me I got bad advice for. It ended up being the right advice, but this again, this is the process of what we're trying to build up to. The in no way do I ever think that just because somebody calls you master, that it means you're a master. No way do I ever think that. Uh, I call somebody a slave. That's why I try to use this. I try to make sure that I'm saying slave to be. Sometimes I slip into say slave or under consideration and stuff like that. Because it, the ultimate goal, at least in my mind, is not only do I want that person to look exactly the way that I have envisioned. And this starts to get a little sadistic, but you know, I want that right shape. I want the right ass. I want the right titties. I want her hair look a certain way. I want her to dress. I want to know her schedule from front to back. And again, I'm using her because that's all I deal with. But so I want her to grow in her job. I want her kids to be um, educated and, and doing what they love to do. And so I, I'm, I'm there for uh, in many different ways. And I bear the responsibilities to, as a master to not only commit to the slave to be, to, to do that and to grow, but to also, in my specific case, make sure I commit to the wifey and my kids and my family, along with a company that we're trying to build, along with a podcast, along with playing poker, Along with dealing with donkeys, <laughs> but, you know, it's these are the kind of commitments that I'm 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 shouldering those bearing uh, those burdens on me because I want to be that master. And so, I, and, and I know I and M, you've you've kind of watched me over the time, and you see it. At, like I'm not rushing, you know. Like I, uh, my slave to be is like, how can we haven't gotten this contract signed? How can we don't have this in place? I'm like. Everything has to be exactly right in my mind. Like, you know, like we got to make sure that we're comfortable because this is like I always like to say, which it hasn't been yet, a lifetime commitment, you know, but it hasn't been one yet. And I, I haven't, it definitely has not been a lifetime commitment to the slaves I've had in the past. But it's the, it's the evolution that I want to get to. It's the, it's the burden that I want to carry. Why do I get off on having that kind of burden? I have no idea, but I enjoy it. I want to control. I want that. Uh, I want my slave to be to be the envy of, of the kink world. Uh, I want her to enjoy um, being my slave and in this lifestyle because, as most of the people that know me in this lifestyle, I'm just not going to just take anybody. I mean, I know I might have somebody if I'm not with my slave to be or 
before her, you know, I would have somebody there, but nobody's has become my official slave and all that because it's, there's a trial period and nobody's made it to a trial period. Not too many people have. So, and you know, this is a very passionate thing for me. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I'm just like, I, I look at this and, and, um, it, because of how passionate I am, sometimes it makes me feel like very judgmental against other masters because I'm, I always, I try to sit there and look them up and down and how they, and how are they, and how are they considered a master and stuff like that. I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate you is the thoroughness and your patience with the process. I mean, jumping into becoming a master is something that I absolutely would never do. That's why I say I'm my own master because that's what I know I can be a master of and anything else is going to take a bunch of time. And is it something I'm looking for? I haven't actually decided if that's what I want in my life. I'm already a mother of four children, mm. a grandmother of one. I've had all kinds of other teens in my life and and do I want to take on an adult? That's a separate question that I get to look at for myself. So I appreciate your patience and your thoroughness. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, but yeah, you know, you're an empty nester. I mean, why in the hell would you want another person that you got to take care of? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I totally get that because I... At one time in my life before I decided to have more kids, I was going to be an empty nester by the age of like 35 or something like that. I was living a high haul. And then that didn't happen. Um, we're going to kind of cut this short, but I had one. Uh, I had one thing about this. The difference between a dom and a master. And then we'll roll into story time. This is the best way I, I, I could think about it. So as a businessman, as when I went through business school, there was a distinction between leadership versus ownership. Leadership can be the owner. Leadership can be a manager or a shift lead or somebody in the organization. But there's only one owner or there's one ownership group or whatever, but just one owner. And that owner shields the responsibility of the entire company. So you don't hear about when, when a, somebody gets overserved at a nightclub, they're not talking to about the manager. They're talking about the owner and the ownership group. When somebody fucks up, they're looking at the company and that's the ownership. As a leader, you're guiding people. Yes, you're guiding your, your, your dom, I mean your slave, or not your slave, geez, your sub or your slave. But ownership is taking the responsibility of what you're guiding them into. And if they go down a certain path, you are the one that's to be blamed, not as well, that bitch was undisciplined. And I want that to be very clear. When I had a slave, previous slave, and she went and violated something that I did, 
that I told her that she couldn't do. And I made it a rule and my slave violated that rule. It was on me because obviously I did not train her well enough or I didn't take the time to see if she was actually a dedicated slave before I made her my slave. Those are the burdens that, that a master takes on as an owner takes on. I don't know how many times I've heard, well, that's an undisciplined bitch or the, that sub didn't, didn't want to listen and stuff like that. Shouldering, putting the emphasis on the submissive. Well, I'm telling you right now, as a master, if somebody is violating, it's because you didn't assess that person well enough. It's because you didn't set your rules and set your punishment in a in the proper manner where that person has to understand and has to know how this life and that they don't that they believe that it's better to do it your way instead of whatever way they're doing it. So I'm gonna leave you with that. And I, I had a couple more subjects, but we're running a little long and it was about creating your rules and sticking to your rules, which a lot of people, I mean, they, they don't stick to their rules. They can create the rules and then they somehow let shit slip. We'll cover that more next time um, as far as the master series. Just one last thing on the leadership versus ownership. Yes, the burden falls on you and as a master or me as a master, mm -hmm. whomever is the master, the, the, um, the burden absolutely falls on me for my property, my business, my whatever. But it's also my job to increase the value. Absolutely. You're absolutely 100% right on that. And, you know, I spoke about that the last time we talked about it. But the, the you know, your slave should believe in your plan. And your plan is, hopefully, is not to crush your property, but to uplift it and increase the value of the property. And if you're smart enough to include your slave into the plan and under having that, or have that person understand what the whole plan is and what the goal is at the end, and you're on the same page, I think it helps you help increase the value of the property because then they're on the same page with you and they want to build up. Well, I think that's really important and that's part of why your process takes time because how do you get on the same page? How do you get to know how to increase and make them a better person if you don't know them? You exactly. actually have to know them well. Exactly. Knowing and knowing what buttons to push and what not to push and what's where it's going to go, what what should be communicated and, and worked out and negotiated. All that stuff takes a lot of time. It does. And if you think just because somebody wants a title that you, if you're being pressured by as a master, you maybe want to check yourself to see if you're really a master or is that, is that slave to be or so-called slave trying to force you into something. So if that's the case, then you need to evaluate if this person is slave material or not uh, before you um, dive in too deep. And again, as, as I've said many a times, don't, don't use looks. Don't use 
even similar kinks to determine that that's going to be the right type of slave or vice versa, that that person's going to be the right type of master. As again, we're going to continue this next, or not next week, I'm not going to say that, and do the next series uh, episode of, of ma- uh, ma- the master series, the next part. So we're going to end it there and get into uh, another beautiful story. And um, I&M, is this, you told me this is a story, another master slave story? Or... Oh, see, you just what you kind of you told me that. Well, it, it's definitely a daddy sub story. Oh, okay, so it's nothing of a master slave no. story. Okay, all right. Well, you know, you know what time it is, and and uh, we got a very interesting story. So, I and Elm is story time. So story, story time. It's story time. Motherfucker. All right, here it goes. How I, we got into the lifestyle. Welcome to my story. So it goes back 24 years ago when I met my husband, AKA daddy, but didn't know where it would lead us years later. When we first got together, we were full vanilla. Skipping ahead a bit, we now have three kids. One night we had a date night and I got to pick the movie. Yes, I picked 50 shades of gray for a secret reason. Long story short, after the movie, we talked about it and I told my husband, AKA daddy, what was on my mind. And I basically told him, this is something I want to get into. The secret was that I was interested in this way before we met. So after he did some thinking and research, he was open to the idea. From the beginning, we set up rules and did a contract, and from there, we got into the lifestyle. First, starting off playing at home with his ties, then rope, and then adding toys. We had met an awesome couple, and he was a master in ropes and taught Daddy Shabari, and, well, Daddy was hooked. But to my surprise, I loved it as well. We started doing scenes and some suspension and lots of impact play and just enjoying the lifestyle, which then opened up a new chapter and or play for us and we started swinging as well. It's not always about the fuckery, but the passion we have when we're doing impact and rope play. To my surprise, I was able to bring my husband, AKA daddy, into this lifestyle of kink and it's been a journey to say the least. Least, And yes, it has had its ups and downs, but with us always keeping the communication open with each other, we are able to keep learning and growing and able to make both worlds work from our family life and our lifestyle in kink. I, we wouldn't change it for the world. Just, I know I'm glad I have my daddy to share it with me. I hope that we both continue on this journey and continue it to explore new and exciting things. Thank you. So is that daddy or zaddy? Daddy. Oh, okay. Not zaddy. <laughs> Did I say zaddy? No, no. Zaddy is a new, a new cool term that, that the young girls are calling somebody. Zaddy. Okay. I don't know about zaddy. Oh, come on. Get young. 
be young like me, you know. The kids haven't told me about I'm that. I'm hip and cool. <laughs> um, that was a good. That's a good fun story. It they, is. They, you know, they started off vanilla and and um, added spice to their life and and uh, grew into the people that we know them to be now. Yes. Um, uh, he's uh, it's, it's it takes a lot of courage to. I mean, I I, I mean, I wouldn't use Fifty Shades of Grey to to introduce. I mean, that's like going to Candyland. But I understand it's a way to get somebody that's in the vanilla world like, hey, what do you think about this? And I thought that was a, that's a very strategic way. I know who you are and that was very strategic. I actually have heard stories of other people using Fifty Shades of Grey to, to introduce things to their partners as well. Is that all in New Mexico? No. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds like a New Mexico thing. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry. I, I got a very well. The, one of these episodes, we're going to talk about the fucking movies and these shows, and, and Fifty Shades of Grey. I wish I could be the billionaire. That's hey, come to my room, enjoy my my look at my fuckery and kink. Come on in. I'm going to fall in love with you. All right, it's so great. We all live a happy. Ever, never mind. I'll talk about movies at some point. But it's a really good. You know, I think it's, you know, like, I know them now, and you know them, but... I do. It's a, it's a, never knew their story, but that was interesting. It's a way to, you know, you come into it as a partnership. And many people, many people don't come into it as a partnership, you know, maybe swingers. I mean, and you consider swingers kinksters, right? I guess well, I do, too. We've talked about it. Um, the swinger, I mean... Yes, me, I do. I consider hey for the formal message swingers are kinksters yay swingers use the term lifestyle and so do we everyone's a kinkster and a listener Dooley the super producer is making me be politically correct here yes fuck him but you know he barely listens to this podcast so fuck him (laughs) sorry I didn't mean to interrupt go ahead you lo- I lost. You lo- <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap it up for the day because um, we obviously went on a different path and we talked about a little bit of the main subject, but we obviously had a lot of other things to cover. Um, go check out uh, what's that movie called again? The one we were just talking about. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades. Go check out Fifty Shades of Grey. Actually, check out Fifty Shades of Black. Have you heard of that one? No. <laughs> you haven't heard of Fifty Shades of Black? I haven't heard of it. So check out Fifty Shades of Black. Then that'll give you a true definition of what uh, a black kink. Psych. Um, and so I want to kind of wrap it up for this week. Uh, thank you, Ian, for reading that story um, and kind of going back and forth with me today. Next week is it's a deep subject. It's a deep subject. Um, it's going to touch some... Um, some people's funny bone, not funny bone. Um, their mind bone? Their what Your bone? brain bone. It's going to touch your brain bone. Their brain or their heart or their psyche. Yeah, so it's uh, the next week's topic is about mental health and the kink world. And um, if you get a chance, uh, I, read, I, I wrote a writing on my page and that was about uh, a little bit to deal with, with mental health. Um, this is going to be from our perspectives and uh, from what we researched 
So in no way are we saying that we're expert in any of this stuff, but we know how big that mental health and the kink world are synonymous in a lot of ways. So be prepared. As always, send us your stories and um, at your story at beyond-kink.com. Subscribe to us on our Instagram. Um, go to our link tree. It's link tr.ie or dot ee link tr.ee slash forward backward slash forward slash, slash beyond kink and it will give you access to all of our our social media sites our parties and things like that if you're from out of town give us a shout out send us an email uh info at beyond kink.com or go to our fat life pages i and m i dash a m dash m mine is just simply master dion i'm not trying to be difficult and uh, and or our Beyond Kink is just Beyond Dash Kink um, on FetLife. We are uh, we've been getting communication from people out of state, and we want to hear from y'all because we want to hear how far we were being reached out. We heard down to Florida, up to Canada. It's actually pretty amazing. So stick with us, and uh, we appreciate y'all. Thank you very much for tuning in on uh, uh, episode eleven. Next, we got two more for the season, and then we'll take a little break and come back full-fledged and ready to go for, I guess say next season, but then the future episodes. So as always, from INM to Super Producer Dewey to Master Dion, keep it kinky. Peace. Shouts out to all the kinksters that tuned in this week to listen to another episode of Beyond Kink with Master Dion. Don't forget to like, comment, and hit that subscribe. To stay connected with me, Master Dion, follow at Beyond Kink on Instagram and all social media platforms. As always, keep it kinky.